<laughs> Pray with me. Well, Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you are God who you can change anything. And God, some of us are here right now and, and we need a change. God, that we need, we need something changed inside of us with who we are and, and just where we're at in life right now. God, would you just bring us to a place where we're willing to accept the change that you desire to bring to us? Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series called Reboot. And in this series, Reboot, we're all looking at, wait, what, what do we need to do to be able to reboot? Because <clears throat> we know what it's like when we're on a, on a computer and it's just kind of stuttering, got a blue screen of death, you got a color wheel that just keeps spinning, and, and we know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to just reboot it. If we reboot it, then it kind of, it's going to stop doing the things it was trying to do that we didn't need it to do, and it, that way it can start doing the things that we actually need it to do. And, and that's what we're looking at. How, how do we come along and how can we soft reboot us, ourselves, our lives, what can we do, how can we do this so that we can be doing just what we are created to be doing? So we started this by looking at this idea of start-stop, that, that we would be going, hey, what is it that we need to stop that we could just look at and go, hey, we just need to, uh, we need to look at this and go, hey, where can we reprioritize our energy to what really needs to be the things that we would focus on? How, how is it that we could just kind of let go of those things that just aren't essential and, and we could reprioritize and go, no, we don't need to be doing those, and we could refocus our life. And if we don't choose to focus our life, somebody else is going to choose to focus it for us. And so we need to know, what are we going to focus on? Last week, we looked at lighten up, that we understand that we can go through life and we can easily start experiencing some burdens, some difficult things in life. And it's easy for us to just kind of hold on to those. And as we keep holding on to them and more difficulties happen, that we start to get overloaded. We start to get overburdened. And what we discovered is, is that we have the opportunity to be able to give some of our burden to others, that, that we can give it to those, those that are trying to help us in life. But it's not just others that we would give it to, and they can only take a limited portion, but, but we can give it to God. And God can take a whole lot more than what others that are helping us that they can take. And that, but it's our responsibility to kind of open up what our burden is and begin to pour that out to those that want to help us and the God who wants to take that from us. But, but here's the thing, God's not gonna take everything. Because what God knows is he knows that it's his power is made perfect in our weakness. And that we've got to be in touch with, hey, there's still some things that, that, that we're, are difficulties for us, but it's going to cause us to depend on him and depend on God to get us through. And so today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about CPR. And not necessarily the pump, pump, not that but we're gonna be talking about creative, positive relationships. That, that for us, that, that we can, we can be going out and creating these positive relationships. And, and here's the thing, whether you're watching online or whether you're here, it's really easy for us to hear this and go, oh, this is gonna be great because I need other people to create positive relationships with me, okay? And while that might be true, that what we really wanna look at today and focus on is how can I be going about, how can I be somebody that I'm working to create some positive relationships with others? And so that's what we're gonna be looking at, of what does that look like, how does that happen, and how can we go about doing that and finding some success with it and taking the responsibility that, that we've been given in life to be able to do this when it comes to relationship with others. So <clears throat> in this series, Reboot, We've just got a verse that we've been looking at, we're gonna look at throughout this whole series. 
And, and this verse is something that we find, and we find it in Luke. And when we look at this in Luke, we see it in Luke 21, 34. And Jesus said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. So that, that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna close on you suddenly like a trap. Now, some of us, when, when we think about this, our anxieties, they're, they're not just gonna kind of slowly creep. They, they close in like a trap. I, I don't know about you, but I've certainly had this experience where we've actually had some, some mice running around in our, in our house before. And what we had to do is we had to get some of those little mouse traps. And so we'd get those mouse traps and, and we, we would set those mouse traps. And, and you always know when you, when you actually get a mouse, right? Because you, you, you hear it, right? That, that what happens is you, you don't set this mouse trap and, and the mouse trap's there and the, the, the mouse starts to, to wiggle the bait or bite on the bait or touch it, whatever. And, and the trap goes, aha, oh, I can't, oh, this is gonna be so good. I see, you just keep nibbling. Yeah, you do that right there because I'm a come. Oh, I'm enjoying this. Oh, this is coming. Oh, oh gotcha. That, that's not what happens. That, that as soon as they wiggle that little thing, you know it. It's like whack. You know, and you know you've got them. And if you've ever been somebody that you happen to be around it when it happens, it, it's over. It might not look like it's over. It's not like going, you know, but, but it's over. It's done. And, and that's what happens when it comes to these anxieties. They do. They, they close on us suddenly like a trap. Now, now, now it, is, it does happen when we, when we have these anxieties in life. It, it can feel like we're in, we're in quicksand. It can feel like here, here we are, we're, we're in quicksand, and then while we're here, the, the longer we stay in this anxiety, the lower we keep sinking. And what happens is sometimes we will start to panic when we're feeling the anxieties of life, and we'll start to move around and panic, and, and, and the, the faster we move with our panic, the more we panic, the, the, the faster we end up sinking. You see, we, we can go through life, and, and we end up having some real difficulties in life. And, and it's why it's important for us to have some, some real meaningful relationships with others. Because as we, we go through some difficulties in life, that, that what could happen is that we can find ourselves with us or somebody else that, that we love that's really close to us, we can find ourselves in this pit of misery. And, and the pit of misery, this isn't all inclusive, but we got depression, we got joblessness and loneliness, mental health, physical health, workplace stress, isolation, and we've got um, the, the self-medicating, but we've got these different issues and fatigue that they can come all over us. And, and, and if we're all honest with ourselves, we, we can look at this and go, that, that we've all dealt with some of these, I and mean, maybe some of us have a lot more that we've dealt with with others. Maybe there's somebody on here going, man, Will, I'm checking every box. But, but we know this, we, we know these types of things. And, 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 and to be stuck in there is to feel like being in the pit of misery. That I actually got a little inspiration for calling this the pit of misery because one of my greatest friends in life, Brett, that he actually built a beautiful house and it's out in the Houston area and, and, and he actually built this thing and he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create a solarium, this little sunroom and, and in the solarium, he, he had a, a, a pit dug down because he knew he wanted to buy one of those hot tubs and swim pools. It's all one thing, it's all freestanding but he didn't wanna have to climb up to get into it and so he had this little pit built and he put that down in but he also knew, hey, I need to build it wide enough because we might need to access this thing and be able to work on it at times and, and he's had 
had to do that and crawl down in because everything's covered and you got one little access point to be able to walk around the whole thing that you climb down into. And he's talked to me about it and complained about it, you know, when he's had to be down in there. And, well, I happened to be there one time when, when there was a leak and, and, and he wanted me to, to help him with that and I was willing to help. And, and so I was like, you know, you always talk about the pit. Let me, let me, let me experience it. Is it really that bad? Oh, yeah. It is. And, and, and so I, I went down into this pit, you know, and you got to be hunched over quite a bit and, and you start feeling all the heat because the hot tub's heated, even the pool's heated. And you just feel all, and the moisture has just been trapped down there. And, and, and then, you know, you got spiders and other things that was just really attracted to all of that, you know. And, and we're having to walk through and we're walking and we're having to pull the, and we're just stuck down there so, so long trying to get to what we needed to get to to try to fix this thing. And I really could embrace why he calls it the pit of misery because it was miserable. <gasps> Even breathing was so hard because of how thick and warm that air was. But, but sometimes in life, we experience the pit of misery. What, what happens sometimes with us is that there's this domino effect that can happen when it comes to this pit of misery, that if we don't know how to handle ourselves and we don't know how to cope, then we end up affecting other people that are in our lives. And it might be somebody that they're just like a, they're a neighbor to us. And you know, that's kind of a casual connection that we have, a casual relationship with them. But, but as we continue to progress, we start seeing people that the, the relationship isn't quite as casual, that, that maybe it's, it's a boss and that's, that's who you're in, a, in, in this relationship with, that, that you're going, hey, we do life together, or maybe it is a coworker. And maybe for you, it's like, hey, you know, starting to see, yeah, I'm a little bit closer with my coworkers than I am with, with my boss. And, and we start seeing these different people. And maybe you're in a line of work that, that you've got clients and that you tend to be closer with some of your clients than what you are with your coworkers or, or with your boss or with your neighbor. And then we start to see these relationships of having extended family. And extended family, and they're important to us, they're valuable to us as our families keep expanding, that, that we keep getting extended family. Or maybe you get involved in something, whether it's your, your kids' sports and the teammates they have, whether it's something that you do and you're trying to do some extracurricular things and you end up having some teammates, or maybe it's a church relationship. I'm talking to you guys that are, that are physically here, and you know, I know you might be watching online, and maybe you're just missing a week, or maybe you're just not able to get to church, but, but, but for some of us, we're, hey, we got some church connections, and, and the more you get involved in church, the closer your connections and your relationships that they end up getting, that you end up getting with people. Or then those, that relationship that some of us have with our parents, and that's, a, that's the closest relationship out of all of these that, that some of us go, yeah, that, that, that is, and that's, that's a super close relationship. And when we have our friends, it's those people that we said, hey, you know, I, I actually picked you. I wasn't born into this relationship, but I, but I picked you, and, and these are really tight connections that we end up having in life. And then we know what it's like, most of us, to be able to have children and, and the, the closeness that we end up having in that relationship with our kids and then <clears throat> even with our spouse. And that we do, we, we, we have these relationships. And, and what can happen is that, that if we're experiencing some anxiousness and have this anxiety coming at us in life, and that we don't know how to deal with this, and we don't know how to be honest with the people around us, that we try to hold it in, and we try to be strong. It's on me, and it's my responsibility to bear, and we're not willing to share it. And what ends up happening is, is we end up just getting one little thing that happens, and then there's this domino effect, but what sometimes we don't recognize is that there are going to be people 
the people that are closer to us have a greater chance of falling into this pit of misery. And, and now they're collateral damage because we didn't know how to process and how to deal with our struggles, what we're going through. And, and here's what we need. We, we need relationships that are open. We need relationships that are honest, that we need to be able to have people in our lives that we know, hey, we can trust them and they can trust us. And so when we think about this idea of trust, trust grows when people feel heard, heard and understood. That, that's when trust is going to grow. And some of us are in some relationships where we're going, hey, we, we wish there was more trust. We don't really know how to grow that trust. Well, well, people need to feel heard and they need to feel understood. And when people feel both of these, trust grows. It, it, it grows with us. And so we, we need to look and understand the high value of trust. That for us, when I think about what we do when it comes to having these CPR relationships and, and how do we create these positive relationships, that, that sometimes it's, it's easy to believe that oh, it's the people that have a larger than life personality. It, it, those are the ones, those are gonna be the people that, that really are the ones that need to take responsibility and, and create these positive relationships. But, but, but it's not just the people that are larger than life. So, you know, we, we need to have an understanding of the different personality types that are out there. And so, you know, you, you probably are familiar with all of these, the, the three personality types, right? That, that, that we have these and we go, okay, well, there's that extrovert. And so we know what extroverts are. They're the people that are kind of loud and they're proud. You know, they're the ones that kind of are very comfortable. They're always drawn to be the center of attention. You know, so we know what extroverts are and who they are. Do we have any extroverts in the room? Man, y'all are quiet for extroverts. At least you're raising your hands though. All right, so, but yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, you know. And you are, you're the extroverts and you don't have any problem showing yourselves and making yourself known. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's me. Then we have this personality type and, and this personality type is introverts. And I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. You're like, oh, Because yeah. you don't wanna show, you don't, wanna, you don't even want to have to admit it, you know. You're just like, I have to, you know, and there's people around. You know, if we were just talking one-on-one, -on -one, I could tell you that, but, but not with everybody else in the room. And then, so we do, we have introverts. And introverts, you know, they're, they're different than extroverts, aren't they? That, that when we think of them, they're, they're a lot more reserved, they're a lot more deliberate with what they do. That when it comes to introverts, that, that they're not the person that they're going, hey, can I get on that team and work that team project? They're more like, um, is there any assignments that somebody needs to work on by themselves? Can I, can I, can I get that one? You know, I'll, I'll take that, I'll, I'll do that, I'll bring it back to the team and they'll be able to look at that and they can incorporate it all, you know, because that, that's really where, we're, where they're comfortable, right? And so, so, so we know this. And then there's that third one that we all know too, right? Oh, you don't know about the third one. Well, you know what? This time last week, I didn't either. That I actually had, had lunch with a friend of mine this week and, and, and we just got to talking and, and he is an extrovert and we got to talking and he was just sharing with me about a personality type that I had never heard of. And, 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 he, and he said this to me and I'm like, I, I don't know anything. I, I'm gonna have to go. And he started explaining this thing to me and I'm like going, that makes a lot of sense. And so, so what is it? The third personality type is ambiverts. Ambiverts. And so, so what is an ambivert? Because I know if you, most of us probably have not heard of this before, right? So here's what an ambivert is. 
An ambivert is somebody that, you know, they can have some tendencies and go, hey, in some, situa- some situations, uh, I'm going to be more extroverted. But, but over here in this situation, I'm probably going to be a lot more introverted. And, and so they land somewhere in the messy middle, but, but they move a little bit more. You know, hey, I am really comfortable with this group. And when I'm in this group that I'm very comfortable with, you can't shut me up. You can't get me. I'm the life of the party there, right? But, but, but then you get me over here and I really didn't know these people. These aren't my peeps and I'm really not sure what's going on, but I'm just forced to be here. And it's kind of like... Uh, You know, because because you, you do, you, you're, you're more introverted here. And, and it's an ambivert. And, and here's the thing that, that they're discovering. What they're discovering is that more than half of us are ambiverts. That, that we've been so confused for so long because, you know, we're, we're thinking, well, I'm, a, I'm an introvert, but, but I kind of enjoy doing some fun things with them. But over here, or, or hey, I, I'm an extrovert, but, but there's times I just need to get away and recharge. And, and I go, but, but people tell me, and I, I guess I'm an extrovert. It's, it's being an ambivert. But listen, there's, there's no perfect personality type. But, but when we get to know each other and even know ourselves, it puts us in a better position so that we can have CPR. We can create positive relationships with others that we can do this because we begin to know some things about ourselves and about others. So I want us to look at how to create positive relationships. I want to share three things with you right here that we can look at and go, hey, this is how we can be creating positive relationships. So look ahead, be proactive. That we need to be looking ahead and, and that we would be proactive with, with what we're doing. As we look around that, that, and we look and we take this responsibility and we start seeing things and go, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look ahead. Because if, if we were people that, that we would really take what, what Jesus told us in this regard and we would take this seriously, that, that we would be able to get through some of these relational difficulties and actually be eliminated in our lives. And how, how do we actually go about and eliminate some of our relational difficulties? Well, it's doing what Jesus told us to do. And what did he tell us to do? Jesus told us, Matthew 7, 12, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. It, it's do to others what you would have them do to you. They haven't done it. So you need to be proactive. You need to be looking ahead. And what is it that I could be doing? I wish they would be doing it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. This is what I wish they would do for me. And it's taking that. You know, one of the ways that, that we try to create some positive relationships around here is with our journey teams. As Corey mentioned earlier, that we have our journey team leader training today. And so if you're somebody going, hey, you know, I, I want to take this seriously, this challenge seriously about creating positive relationships, and I'll even help lead a group, we would love for you to join us at our, at our training today and find out more about this. That on September 11th, we're actually going to have our Journey Team Connection Party. And our Journey Team, that's our small group, our community group. And that's where we're, we're trying to help facilitate getting other people together with others. Why? To create positive relationships. Had a conversation with somebody just a couple of weeks ago. His name's Cameron. And Cameron Birdwell was leading our student ministry for years. 
And, and about halfway into him leading them, I, I actually had a conversation with him, a side conversation. I said, hey, I, I think I know the next area of where, where you're going to be serving. And he was still in the thick of that one, right? Well, well, well we were meeting a couple weeks ago, and he says, hey, Will, um, I, I really think I'd like to lead a, a journey team for our young college-age, young singles, because I just see it as there, there's just a, there's a void there. We don't have anything for this group of people. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Because it's a great way to create some positive relationships for, for a group that, that we just haven't had anybody to lead that charge for. And he's got so many great connections from having led some of them over the last four years that, that he's already got just a, a great um, network of, of students, that, that former students that are now either in college or they're starting a career or they're, maybe they're even doing both and to be able to get that going. But we all need positive relationships. And so we do, we've got we've to look ahead and we've got to be proactive and start creating it. And here's another one for us, we're gonna create positive relationships, is look around. Look around and be reactive. That, that, that we would react to, that, that what does love do? That, that love constantly stays on the lookout. That it's just, it's just on the lookout, it's just looking and going, hey, where is there a need? Oh, I see a need. Oh, I can, let, let me step in, let me do so. I'm gonna react to that need, I'm gonna to react to an opportunity and it reacts quickly and it reacts decisively. That's what it does. And, and, and we need this. And, and look at this with me, what, what Paul wrote, and he was trying to teach us this. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Romans 12, 18, that, that we would do this. As, as much as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sometimes this means, hey, there's been an issue and, and, and I, need to, I need to be the better person and I, I need to live at peace. Sometimes it's just, hey, I'm just gonna keep creating peace with people. That wasn't even an issue before, but I'm gonna do this. I'm going to live at peace with everyone. And, and, and this verse, it, it doesn't mean that, that you're gonna resolve every disagreement, but it's about you going, hey, I need to do my part and, and I need to do whatever I can do to try to live at peace with everyone. And then here's this third one. If we're going to create positive relationships, look back and be retroactive. And this can be challenging. So we can look back and go, yeah, that, that, that relationship isn't much of a relationship anymore. Yeah, they did that to me. And we, we can look and we can understand and we can see. But, but that we would be willing to go, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to look back and, and I'm going to be retroactive. What can I do to at least create a resolve. We don't have to necessarily restore the relationship, but, but at least settle matters to where there's not this animosity and this angst when we run into each other at HEB, that, that, that we're okay and that we can have that, that we would look back and that we would be retroactive in doing what we need to do. See, all, all of us have some history. History with a neighbor, history with a coworker, history with a family member, history with a friend. Well, all, all of us have some history. And so we need to look back and we need to go, hey, what can I do? How can I resolve? Is there a way to resolve? Maybe it even will lead to a restore, but it doesn't necessarily have to. But we can overcome these negative moments from our past. That we can do this and move past this. Another thing that Jesus was really wanting to drive home for us 
In Matthew 5, starting verse 23, he says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Now, now here's what happened. You would bring a sacrifice, and the sacrifice would be, hey, it would be this thing where you'd go, hey, would you forgive me of my sins? Maybe it would be, hey, here's a love, sacrifice, a love offering. I'm gonna bring some grain, and that's what I'm gonna, but, but it's all about, people would bring this to the altar because they would be going, I'm gonna focus on this relationship right here, this one with my heavenly father. But Jesus is saying, hey, but when you have these horizontal relationships that that you look at and you realize somebody's got something against you, stop what you're doing with your vertical relationship with your heavenly father. Don't bring that gift to him just yet. But but instead, what do you need to do that that, that when you remember they have something against you, he says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then, Come offer your gift. Don't give this to God until you said, hey, I've done what I need to do to try to, you might not be able to reconcile, but you've done what you can do to seek to bring peace and reconciliation back where somebody has something against you. Jesus went on, he says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court and do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. This, this all could happen because we weren't willing to settle matters where somebody has something so that we would do this. That Jesus he instructs us, hey, look back. Look back, see, look back and identify where is it that somebody has something against you? That there, that, that there's tension, there's issues there. And do your part to smooth over the rough edges and, and, and to patch up whatever you can. Do this. This is all part of creating positive relationships. Relationships don't improve by ignoring hurtful actions or forgetting happy ones. That, that, that relationships don't just get better naturally. It, it takes effort that we, we pour into. That there, there's, a, there's a better way. There's a much better way. And, and, and that better way is found in our Bible and it's called kindness. Kindness. Now, here in the South, there are people in Christian circles that they've learned the value of kindness in a way to express it. And, and not just here in Texas South, but, but you get in some of the other parts of our country South and, and they even do it even more. And, and, and here's, here's what they do to, to express this, this kindness. You know, good church people, this is just what you hear them say. Bless your heart. <laughs> they, they do, they'll, they'll just say this. Now, now, I don't know if you've figured this out yet or not, but that's just another way of saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> just think about it. Next time you hear somebody say that to somebody, somebody did something stupid, okay? And, and they are, they're just saying, oh, bless your heart. I, and so I, I remember this very vividly. It was several years ago. And give you a little context. I'm having a conversation with my business partner, but, but, but give you a little bit of context. And when I say business partner, I'm not talking about Crosspoint. I don't have a business partner here, but, but, but a business that I own. And, and so I was having a conversation with him 
And I was just sharing with him this experience. And, and here's a little bit more of the context. Is I drive an electric vehicle now, but, but I've driven a couple of hybrid vehicles as well. And, and so it'd be very easy for people to, to look at me and think, oh, he's really green. Yeah, but I'm not. Um, sorry to disappoint you. Some of you guys thought that about me. I, I'm, if I'm green, it's more about this, right? How, how is it that that can really pay for itself in the long run and be better off? And, and, and so, hey, if there's a benefit to the environment, that's great. That's my perspective. I'll, I'll move on from that. But, but, but that's just context you need to know. So one of the areas I drive by frequently, they just have this big old huge tree and I've driven by this place for years. And, and one day after a massive storm, I drove by and it was falling. It, it was down. And I, after driving by it a couple more times, I was, just real, I was just like, how big is that tree? And I decided I was going to go park by that tree, get out of that tree and go get an idea of just how big this tree is. And so as I'm walking up to it, it's, it's laying down. It's taller than me. And I'm just trying to get a perspective. And so I'm parking my Prius right by this tree. And I get down and I'm trying to figure, what would, how, how far can I get my, my hands around it? I'm just trying to get a perspective. I kid you not. And I'm telling my business partner about this whole thing. And as soon as I'm doing this, I start hearing some laughter. And I look up and there's a couple of people on a porch looking at me, driving the Prius. And I'm sure they're talking about now that's a committed tree hugger. I mean, yeah, I just, and it just was like, oh, what am I doing? What do I do? I'm in the wrong vehicle to be doing this, right? And I'm telling my business partner this and his mother-in-law worked for us and she's listening to the whole thing and I finish this and she just looks at me and she goes, bless your heart. <laughs> and I just knew, I mean, yeah, I, I know you're trying to be kind, but you're just telling me I'm an idiot. And I, I, I certainly was. Well, listen, there is a better way, and that better way is kindness. And let's look at what kindness does. That when we think about kindness, kindness, it tears down walls. Real, authentic, genuine kindness, what is it? It tears down walls. In fact, we can see this in the book of Job. Anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Now, maybe somebody read this one time in the South several years ago and went, uh, we better start saying bless your heart to some people. I don't, we don't want to withhold that, right? But, but when you would look at this, that, that, that if we withhold being kind to others, there is a warning here and that we are forsaking the fear of the Almighty, that, that he created us to be in relationship with him and relationship with others and that we should be being kind to others. And so when we think about this kindness, Aesop, he had said, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. That, that our kindness isn't wasted. When, when we are kind, it registers with somebody. We never know just what that might mean to somebody, especially if they feel like they're stuck in the pit of despair. That somebody chose to be kind right when they needed it. That kindness, it, it works like a wrecking ball. And it, uh, that wrecking ball just comes and swings in and it starts knocking down and chipping away a, a piece of a wall that people end up building up. And we can tear down the wall with kindness. Another thing that kindness does is that kindness, it empowers relational reconciliation. It, it, it empowers this. It, it makes it to where this can happen naturally when we're going, well, I don't know what to, if we're be kind, that sometimes we can see just in our kindness 
that we'll end up resolving a conflict that we've had with somebody else. That, that this is so important that, you know, God, he, he had any and every reason to, to just kind of go off on us, but he didn't. And instead, it was in his kindness that he loved on us. It was in his kindness that he sent his son with all of our sins, all of our faults, all of our failures, all the things we did against him, he sends his son to restore a right relationship with us. He acted in kindness for you and for me, that he did that for us. In Romans, we get to see where Paul was writing, chapter five, verse 10. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? That's what Jesus came to do. He came to reconcile us and to make us have a right standing with our heavenly father. That God works to reestablish peace with us. It's not us working hard to try to get peace back with God. God's doing the work for us to have peace with him. That Jesus, he did everything necessary in order for you and for me to have peace. He did everything necessary to reestablish peace with us. He's God, he's God's son. And he did everything required to establish this peace. In 2 Corinthians we see this starting in chapter five. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. This is a great picture of baptism that we bury this old self and then we rise up as somebody that is new. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only does he give us the ministry of reconciliation, a good way to understand this is he gives us the responsibility of reconciliation. This is a ministry that we should be going about and we should be doing whatever we can to share with people the love and hope of Christ and how God sent Christ to reconcile us with our heavenly father. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It's a message for us to be sharing. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the message that we're to be sharing, that we implore you, that that's something we should be do. We should be sharing with people to be reconciled to God. We're his ambassadors to share this message. And God made him, that's talking about Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It, it's what Jesus has done for us. Now, every single one of us, we've had relationships with people and we've been hurt and we've been wronged. We, we, we've felt some pain that's come and been inflicted on us by others. And I would tell you, put yourself in their shoes. Start trying to think about where are they at and what is their difficult. Put yourself in their shoes. And then with the strength of God, for, for you and I 
to be willing to do our part to live at peace with them. Even through the hurt, even through the difficulty, even through the repetition of it, that we would do this and that we would offer forgiveness. You know, Jesus forgives us. And if he's forgiven us, then we need to be people that we need to treat others the way that Jesus would. And what would Jesus do? Jesus, he would forgive. It's his nature, it's who he is. And the last one is kindness. It cultivates positive relationships. At its very nature, that's what kindness does. That, that everyone needs positive relationships. Our, every single one of us. I came across a, another word called frentimacy. I'm preparing for this. And Shasta Nelson says, frentimacy is a relationship where both people feel seen and safe in a satisfying way. I think that is a CPR. That is a creating positive relationship idea. Frentimacy. Where, where, we're, where we're seen and we, we, we end up seeing and feeling safe in a satisfied way. And some of us in here are going, that's, that's what I need. I, I wonder how many of you have frentimacy relationships. And maybe seeing this, you're going, now, yeah, when I see, I, I know what I'm missing. I, I, I know what it is that I want. And I know what it is that I need. But the only way that we get there is by us doing our part of loving on people and being kind to people. Us going out of our way for them. And that, that, that when we do this, that we are creating positive relationships. And so we need to take this responsibility. And as we look at taking this responsibility, it's this idea that we're gonna live our life in such a way that we want people that are around us to know that they can count on us. Count on us to be there for them. Count on us to forgive them. Count on us to live at peace. Because that, if you're a Christ follower, is what we are called to do. We pray with me? Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Some of us right now are just so in touch with what, what we need. We feel so empty. We feel so alone. We feel hurt and abandoned. And we desperately need some positive relationships in our life. And God, I pray that you would, you would bring those. I pray that, that anybody that's at that place that that they would begin to push past their comfort zone and take some steps to step into an opportunity to create those friendships. God, for, for all of us, I pray that you'd help us to be proactive, that we would be looking around and we would be seeing the opportunity that you put before us to create positive relationships with other people and that we would love on them 
and that we would find that the joy of a, a mutually satisfying, safe relationship of intimacy with others. Lead us to be who you're calling us to be as we reboot to create positive relationships. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.